and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Hello, everyone in Lemonade Land out there. This is Michelle Fallis, and I am so happy to have all of you with us today talking about Lemon to Lemonade stories. Amazing stories of individuals who um, get over the obstacles, you know, they, they juice and squeeze that bitter lemon and come out with wonderful stories. And uh, we have been doing a series about the Lemonade Band, book two, and uh, having all of the authors uh, individually on to talk to them a little bit. And today we have Christina Lombardo, and welcome to the show. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I, always, a, always a pleasure. Um, as you know, uh, I am one of your Facebook friends, so I follow a lot of your daily stories. And um, your daily stories are, are almost as interesting and crazy as uh, <laughs> what you put in the chapter of the book, I have to tell you. <laughs> I try to make it interesting. But you, you, live, you live life with that... Um, of best, shall we say. Um, yeah. So um, it doesn't matter what's going wrong in your day or um, what pops up, what throws you. Um, you come out of it with a pretty positive, but always funny <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I call it my childlike enthusiasm. It is, it is, and I, I um, and I enjoy it. Um, uh, your posts are some that I really look forward to because you always have a message, uh, and that that message is basically, you know, it, yeah, it life happens. So let's let's roll with it. <laughs> it really does. Like, and perspective is everything. Um, I think it was Tony Robbins that said I watched uh, an event that he had over this past weekend. And he said that life is not what happens to you, but the language that you attach to what happens to you. Yep. Um, so really just shifting language and shifting perspective is everything. Not to say, you know, some really bad stuff happens and sad and mad and angry and hurt and depressed. Those are all very valid emotions, but you know, how quickly do we sit in them and move through them? Uh, and well, and, so important in this um, uh, time in our life when we are dealing with um, frustrating and uh, you know negative issues. Um, it it's refreshing though to hear it when you put it right, you know, in the middle of your life and what's happening. You know, there's so many people putting out these beautiful quotes. You know, uh, how to live life, and, <laughs> and they are just lovely quotes. <laughs> But you put Christina out there <laughs> in the form of kind of a quote, like, you know, when life hands you this, you know. Yeah. It's, it's messy. Are you going to deal with it? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm sure, uh, 
a lot of that came from um, your uh, upbringing because your story really spans a lot of time, not just your childhood, but uh, into adulthood. So, um, so you had a lot of learning opportunities um, as you were growing up. And um, without disclosing, um, I just want to welcome you to, first of all, just introduce where you live, what you do for your business, and then share a, just a smidgen of your story. Sure. So my name is Christina. Hello, everybody. I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been here for coming up on 17, 18 years. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, goodness. Yeah, how time flies. I'm a holistic nutritionist, and that differs in just a little bit in the fact that I look at the whole person instead of just what are you putting in your body. Um, so really looking at stress levels, sleep management, um, exercise, and nutrition. And I decided to get into that one because I love food and maybe more than most. But um, because of my upbringing and having PTSD onset at a very young age at five and then having continuous traumatic experiences all the way up into adulthood, um, PTSD really does a number on your body, not just your mind. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, it just affects your brain, but it doesn't. I mean, it affects the whole entire person. And the longer your body is stuck in that fight or flight mode, the more the body begins to break down. And so I was not diagnosed with PTSD until I was 30 or 31. Um, and I had it onset at five. So, and I'm 41 now. So it was a very long period in between when, you know, event occurred that caused it, the continued trauma of the new adulthood and when I was actually diagnosed. So because of that, I had a ton of health issues that arose from high cholesterol, high blood pressure, digestion issues, um, symptoms that were like, doctors thought I had IBS, but I didn't. Um, at one point, like I struggled to eat for almost a year. And they're like, it's in your head. I'm like, no, really, it's not. I like food. So I want to eat and it makes me sick. Like my digestion system just really stopped working. Like migraines for decades, um, uh, hypothyroidism that came up. And from the migraines, I took so many painkillers that that only further ruined my stomach and my digestion. And I had a histamine intolerance crop up, all of these things. You know, but hindsight's 2020. I look back on my story and I say, wow, you know, I went through all of this. And instead of taking medication, which medication is not bad, it's there for a reason, but I chose to go a different route. Instead of taking medication, um, I went with naturopathic doctors and decided to really trial and error with myself um, and heal myself with nutrition and supplementation. And seeing that effects that just food and supplements have with me. Uh, I began to research it further and delve into the area of holistic nutrition, began taking on clients, of course, and watching them overcome so many of these issues as well, uh, instead of taking medications, just amazing. And then 
not just overcome an issue or lose weight, but to really have a healthier lifestyle, uh, which is my goal in helping my clients. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you certainly um, look in the picture of health at this point in time. (laughs) Yeah, so when you were growing up, though, you talk about starting at five, not getting diagnosed till you're 31. Um, Did you think that that was just normal life? I mean, what, what as a child is going on in your mind? Like, am, did you feel different or, or you know? That's a fantastic question. Um, I definitely felt different. I did. I didn't think there's something wrong with me. I just felt different. I realized my perspective was different. And I think every child kind of has that, like, hey, you know what? I don't necessarily think, I think the same as people, but I really couldn't pinpoint it. I didn't know why. I, you know, looking back, I would disassociate. I didn't understand that there was a name for that. I had insomnia. I didn't understand that like kids actually sleep. Um, And then I would have like explosive anger issues and I don't anymore. At least I don't think I do. Um, But you know, I don't know. Uh, No, I I really don't. Meditation is phenomenal. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I would have explosive anger issues and I really never processed that other people don't think like that. And then because I was an insomniac, I was a huge fan of Nick at Night. I don't think they have that anymore. So (laughs) I remember uh, my kids watching it. (laughs) Right? Nick at Night. And I watched the Patty Duke show and My Three Sons and Mr. Ed and Leave it to Beaver. And I was like, no, these families are so normal. Yeah. Like maybe I can have a family like that. And I had so many people that really families that took me under their wing and I would stay at their homes on the weekends. I would eat dinner with them. And I got to see like, not everybody lives how I live and I can change if I want to. I didn't know how, I had no tools in my tool belt, um, but I just knew that if I push hard enough and I long enough that change is possible because something tells me that all these other people I see didn't have perfect lives either. Um, so maybe I can change too. So there was hope, even at a very young age, there was hope in my brain that yeah. I don't have to accept this. Yeah. Yeah. But you probably internally were starting to work on that even before you realized you were working on it, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think I mentioned in my story that um, my parents spent, and I feel like everybody had this Bible in the 80s, my parents spent $100, which was a ton of money, you know, in the late 80s on this gold embossed Bible with the holographic supper, you know, last supper on the front. Um, the thing was massive. And I was like, why are they spending all this money on this book? This is crazy. And I thought there must be something to this book. So I sat down and started reading it when I was eight. It did not make a whole bunch of sense to me, um, especially Old Testament. I was like, wow, this really drags on forever. Uh, <laughs> but 
I was really curious, like, why do people put so much stock in this? Why do they really focus on, you know, this mystical God that supposedly loves them and realize that there were so many religions. And so I dove into religious studies at a young age, just out of curiosity, you know, what are people looking for? What do they, and then some people seem so at peace um, as compared to other people and some religions seem way more peaceful than other religions. Um, Yeah, so really um, started digging into, you know, kind of religious studies and then self-help and self-improvement. Uh, I started listening to Tony Robbins when I was like 15. <laughs> You're a young learner. <laughs> really, I just, I want every, I still do. It's, you know, if somebody's like, why are women's buttons on, you know, this side of the clothing and men's are on the opposite side? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let me research that and I'll spend 40 minutes researching why buttons are placed on clothing. You know, I just, I really want to know everything. Well, you know, uh, life, that's what life is, isn't it? It's a learning process. And, um, you know, I hope I'm learning right up to the, the day I pass uh, through this world um, uh, because I think that's what keeps us going is, is yeah. learning new things and um, learning and growing. Um, speaking of growing, I tend to be growing because um, of my diet. <laughs> <laughs> I can help you with this. <laughs> I know you can. I um, it, it, you know, it's 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 really. I'm a healthy eater. It's just I don't know. It, it, people re- reach that certain age, you know, where uh, you just your body metabolism is just like blah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that you regularly put. Um, recipes out there um, because they are not recipes that I would normally say okay I'm going to try this because yeah, yeah they're, they're recipes that if I just read them I would kind of go oh I don't know if that would be good but I've, I've learned your style so I can say oh well this came from Christina so I want to try it because they kind of phenomenally come out good like I wouldn't think that it's going to come out and I'm like, no, just try it. Trust me. Again, I've taught the same thing to my son. Um, I'm like, just try it. And the rule of thumb for myself that I taught him as well is you have to taste everything twice because the first time is usually a shock to your system. And the second time is when you decide whether or not you like it. Yeah. So but thank you, thank you. It's good to know that, um, you know, I, I do get a lot of feedback on the recipes that I post and I'll have friends text me and be like, hey, I put this together, you know, based upon your recommendation, it was really good. And I'm like, good, that's good. Like, you know, and the recipes are all really built out um, for, for myself, just like, you know, how I eat and like general wellness. Um, and then in my programs, they're very specific based upon what somebody needs, you know, for that process that, that they're going through. Um, so it's usually a lot of foods that people would not put together, but taste good when you put it together. If That's it's done good. right. And they work. Yeah. Um, trying to remember, there was a recipe 
anyway, it, it had kale, and I do just have never been able to develop a taste for kale. <laughs> There's been a few times where it's been prepared, and I liked it, but it's just it, the way it's prepared. But I do remember um, there was uh, one of your recipes that called for, and I was like, damn. Um, but that kale in it. <laughs> but it was good. It was really good. So, yeah, um, good. Yes, I know. One of these days we're going to sit down and put, get that cookbook put together. <laughs> you do have some amazing um, recipes. But, um, and again, it's not only um, just um, caloric, but it is, you know, what combinations of foods do you need to get the nutrients and, you know, uh, help you, whatever your situation is. Because I know every, everybody's different, you know. Um, and, and I don't know how you figure all that out, um, but I know Lots you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of research. Yeah, and I, because um, uh, I personally would like to get off of, you know, um, my uh, high blood pressure medication. And I, I, I feel like I'm disclosing too much, <laughs> too much information here. <laughs> that's, okay. that's what the editing process is for. I'm aware about it. <laughs> back and take that out um but i do i do really i i've always felt that way about food and that it should be something um that is approached nutritionally i mean i love food too mm -hmm. but i do know that god put food here on this planet you know for our bodies and for you know um for buildings for our bodies so fortunately Fortunately, I've never been a junk food person. My mom, this was, she was like way before time. She refused to have any kind of soda drink in the house. Yeah. She's like, it's not good for you, and I'm not going to keep it in the house. And I'm so thankful because I have absolutely zero desire for soda, and, you know, because I never grew up with it. Yeah. I actually tried in my 20s. Um, I don't know. I was like, soda is really tasty. And because my mom was the same way, she entered into nursing school um, in the really early 80s. And there was a study that came out that she read um, in the late 70s and then reread the study when she was in nursing school and they had totally changed it. And if you look up the history of this particular study on sugar, there is an actual timeline of them shifting and changing it based upon the people, um, what do they call those folks? The lobbyists, the sugar oh. lobbyists uh -huh. coming in and saying, um, we're gonna funnel you a whole bunch of money to make this study go away. And it was that refined sugar is bad for you and feeds cancer. And so she goes, I read the study in nursing school and then went back to the original study that I had from the late seventies because I just always, you know, went with the late 70s ones. So we really didn't have a ton of sugar in my house, really no soda. So same deal. And then in my early 20s, I was like, I just want to drink soda. And I ate fast food. I had a bad diet. You know, I just didn't think that it mattered, any of it mattered. And so I drank soda for two weeks and I was at work and got up and I had the most incredible pain shoot through my low back and it dropped me to the floor. And my boss was like, 
are you okay? And I go, I just got this horrible sharp pain in my low back. And she's like, where? And I pointed to her and uh, she goes, those are your kidneys. And they don't like that you're drinking soda. And I was like, duly noted. I went back to drinking water, never drank soda ever again. That was it. Good story though. Because it, it, yeah, uh, how many people might uh, just say, oh, I've just got a bad back, you know, and they never get that association um, that could easily fix it. I'm not saying that a bad back is always that easy to fix, but um, what if it is? Yeah. <laughs> what if changing your diet or doing, doing something more sensible like drinking water, um, you know, takes care of that? Kind well, of and then things that become normal to us. This is what I find interesting. And it's, it's happened with me. Like I eat a very clean diet. Um, but one of my hangups was coffee. And I love coffee. I have, I don't know if you saw my post where I have like all of my coffee maker things spread out. I love coffee. But when it came to the coffee that I drank every day, I drank, I won't put them on glass, but I drank a really inexpensive cheap brand of coffee. And then I had, um, instead of using half and half, I had one of those vats of chemicals, you know, that tasted really good. And, and I would put that in my coffee. Never thought anything of it. Well, last year I traveled for almost two months. And everywhere I went, everybody had the most amazing coffee and they only drank half and half. So for two months, I had phenomenal coffee with half and half. I came back home, drank my regular coffee with my regular weird vat of chemicals. And within 15 minutes, I had a low grade headache, brain fog. I couldn't function. I was disoriented. I felt tired. And I was like, this is weird. Second day, same thing. So I cut the creamer out. The brain fog went away and the disorientation went away but I still had a low grade headache. So I immediately went to the store and switched coffees and it went away. And I'm like, that was so part of my normal everyday experience that it didn't even register in my brain that there was something wrong. Right, right. It was, I just had a low grade headache all the time. I mean, I I love, I don't need sugar in my coffee, but I love a creamer and, but that's a hard one for me to give up. But when I'm in, um, so I recently came back from uh, Panama, where we always spend a little bit of time. And, it, you know, you're always asking for the coffee con leche. So, and, and they're putting what, you know, they're putting like a, a regular milk, you know. And, but the way that they heat up the milk first and, I don't know, it's just like a whole different experience um, than, than if I just make coffee and put milk in it, you know? I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Did you see the white contraption that I had in that video? So there was a white thing in the video. I will send you a link for that. It's a milk frother. And so what you can do is literally froth whole milk in that. So that's the other big thing is that a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'll have, you know, this non-fat, whatever. No, it tastes gross. The milk is bitter and then you have to add a ton of sugar to it, just drink the fat and skip the sugar. So if you use whole milk in this milk frother and put it in your coffee, it is so sweet and delicious that when I use that, I don't put any sugar in my coffee. And I really, I use very little sugar in my coffee anyways, or I do honey, which is really good, um, agave syrup. And then my cousin in New Jersey, 
turn me on to maple syrup in your coffee and it is the best thing. I would never think of that. Never in a million years. I was like, maple syrup? I'll try anything twice. So sure enough. I'll try some of those and I, I need a milk frother. <laughs> I'll send you a link because they're amazing. They really are. It's do that so because because yeah, I say I don't add sugar, but I use the sweeten, you know, half and half. So it's really it's the same thing. I'm putting sugar in there. Um, but I do notice that when I travel, it's yeah, do, you, it, when you ask for uh, an espresso, or, you know, a cappuccino, anything like that, it's always that frothy milk. With sugar at it, and it's so good. Um, I think we're get, we're turning this into a food show. Um. <laughs> I know, but it, there you go, because that's my brain. Like I love food. My friends laugh at me um, because I really I'll geek out on food for so long, and even like my husband's a he says he's not a foodie, but he is. Um, we went to a friend's house and they're like, hey, I smoked this butter for these, I think it was ribs, and they smoked the butter. And they're like, or crab's leg or something. And so they give us the food to taste and both him and I are like, um, it's good, but there's something off on it. And finally he says, did you smoke this in aluminum? And I'm like, that's it, that's, it's a metal paste. And he looks at us and he's like, only you two. He's like, yes, I smoked it in aluminum. And we're like, yeah, it really has like this weird metallic taste to it. We're, right. we're good. Next time, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a, a blessing and a curse simultaneously. That's, that's something. You can invite me to dinner anytime. I, I am not going to invite you to dinner. <laughs> it like I will literally I will get down on anything I go to people's houses and I'm like oh all right if I can eat it I'll try it whatever yeah. and my meals are not all I've made some food where we are just like no pizza <laughs> we're having pizza tonight well you know so to change the subject just a little bit still kind of staying on topic um so here we are in this, you know, like unbelievable time of COVID um, politics that are just like, you know, insane. Um, and it, it has to be putting stress on people in a way that never before, like people, individuals who are probably have never really experienced depression or stress related issues are probably experiencing that now. And kind of saying what's what's up, what's going on, because you know everything that you've been talking about, um, stress, it, you know, it does it affects our body, it affects um, so much. Like I've gone through depression, migraines, you know, all those kinds of things, and I know that um, there's such a connection too um, with with food, like. If I get a migraine or a headache of any kind, I cannot even look at chocolate. There's some trigger with chocolate and headaches that, yeah, you know, and, it, and, and, and there has to be something to that. I believe my body is telling me something when I'm just like going, oh, no, um, that's not what I want. That's not what I need. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, so it's always kind of fascinated me. But um, I haven't put the time into learning as, as, as you have, but um, it has, I, 
what's my point? Michelle, get to the point. My point, I think. <laughs> I'm a storyteller too. I do the same thing. <laughs> Although we, you know, Americans typically have bad diets and all this stuff. I just feel like, like we are just in this changing time that is affecting us so much from a mental health standpoint, which is also going to be affecting, you know, our physical health, and that somehow, you know, we are need to really going to get a handle on that. And going to McDonald's and getting, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that bad thing about, you know, whatever. Sorry, McDonald's. But, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's a step that... You, you're depressed and you're feeling bad, so you go you go to what your comfort food is, and that comfort food might be a Big Mac. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and I think the huge thing is that human beings are built for community and connection, and because of that, we're not really in community anymore. We're not connected with people. I'm an extrovert. I mean, legit going crazy. And the gym was my outlet to go and see people and talk to people. And then I injured my knee and I'm still working out, but walking around the gym became too much. So I'm not even doing that. Like I'm very much inside my house. Um, so one of the things that for myself has helped is just calling people on the phone and hearing people's voices um, has helped me try to bring some sort of connection. Um, and then realizing because I do the same thing I want comfort food you know when our souls are sad we want comfort so what do we do in order to get that you know, we're going to binge on tv shows we're going to eat our favorite ice cream or drink our favorite alcoholic beverage or whatever you know and none of these things are inherently bad but when we overdo and overuse then then that's when it becomes a problem and we have to get to this point where we say yes I'm hurting, but realizing that this is temporary. This will all pass at some point. And it might pass like walking barefoot on Legos, but it is going to pass. And we need to take care of ourselves in the process because it's not, it being those negative emotions is not going to get better by not taking care of yourself, by not eating right, by not saying, you know what, I'm worth just doing a 20 minute workout today. I'm gonna to feel so much better at the end of it. And I can't think of a time when, even if I'm super exhausted and I'm like, no, I owe myself 30 minutes. And I might get through half my workout, like I'm just done. And I'll do half of what I normally would, but I'm like, you know what? I moved my body. And that's what's really important. Physiology is super important. Often when we're sitting down, we're depressed, we're anxious, our whole physiology shifts, you know, we're like, oh, at least for myself, I'm like, what is me? You know, I'm not like, yay, life sucks. It's just the physiology of how we sit, stand, breathe, feel, all of that has to do with how we're feeling. And in this time, when everybody's locked in their homes and going crazy, so I'll talk about, speak for myself in that, it's, really important to get up to shift our physiology to remember we have to sit up straight and keep our heads up and throw our shoulders back and go for a walk outside or go for a hike 
do something, even if it's cold where you're at. I mean, for Phoenix, it's cold. It's like 50 degrees and we're all dying. Um, you know, snow on the grounds, like nothing stopped. This is where my childlike enthusiasm comes in. And I think this is one of the things that really helped me to recover from PTSD is my childlike enthusiasm. Is it raining? Well, I used to live in Washington state and in Oregon, go hiking anyways. Is it snowing? Remember when you were a little kid and you like to go out in the snow? Yep, put your boots on and when you're done, you can come back and have a warm cup of tea and or some hot chocolate. Like remember those times, light a fire, not just in your fireplace, but in yourself, like get back to enjoying life and enjoying those small little things that kind of light us up. Like we really, especially in this time period in history, really have to focus on things that are gonna drive us to betterment of self and enjoying the space that we're in. It's, uh, yeah, I just love it. I don't know, I love life, right? Why, if you have the option to enjoy the hell out of it, why not? Like, But no, I love it. I love it because it's just proof that you can be living in a, a very, very difficult situation time have you and you can still dig into your childlike enthusiasms and you can still remember um to open your eyes and and look for the small miracles um because they're out there you know it's just we miss them um, we don't pay attention to things that are happening um yeah, we get so inside our own heads and i'm totally guilty of it too you know get so especially last year when at the whole world shut down and i was like Oh dear God, I can't handle this. Yeah. Um, very much went to a dark space and went to my doctor and I was like, I think I need antidepressants. And she looked at me and she's like, you're my ninth person today. Like everybody is coming here for antidepressants. She's like, people can't handle this. So don't feel bad. And I did get some and it took them for like two weeks. And I was like, mm, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to work on this here. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a very real thing when outside of our control, um, our life shifts and people say, oh, well, you know, we control everything in our lives. We manifest everything in our lives. Now, I don't think humanity as a collective manifested this. I, I, I don't think so. No. I, I, uh, yeah. We're all pretty miserable. I mean. I use miserable lightly, but we're all struggling and having a very hard time. I'm watching businesses all over South Phoenix close, people's livelihoods going to the wayside. Um, it is not easy times right now. And trying to remember like this too shall pass. It really will, as hard as it is. Buy a milk frother and drink a coffee you love and just try to enjoy the little things. <laughs> And it's like the Darwinian principles. I think those who um, put their mind to adapting and shifting as best they can, you know, that's going to be the, the survival of the fittest is, you know, who can weather this from a mental health standpoint um, and physical standpoint. Because I have to say, I've sat in front of my computer now for the last year more than I ever have. I'm on Zoom all the time and um, there's nothing else to do. So <laughs> I can't go into these but things. with that, you know, you're 
uh, connect like you have. If there was a spiritual gift of connecting people, that is your gift. Like you connect people, you network, you're a storyteller, you're an extrovert, and all of these things, all these wonderful, beautiful qualities. You know, what do you do with them when you're stuck inside your house? And you've really done a phenomenal job of shifting and pivoting and still working on connecting people and using your gifts just in a different fashion. You know, instead of face-to-face, everything's on Zoom, but it still creates connection. Thank you. We can get back to actually hugging. I do appreciate that. And and yeah, and to that, I will say, um, COVID has been in some ways very positive for me because I have found a new way to do that and to reach out to um, to even more people than ever before. But the flip side of that is I stopped moving. Mm. I sit. Like my husband literally is always having to come in and Michelle, get up out of your chair. Yeah. You know, you gotta take a walk. You've got, you know, whatever you, you lay down on the yoga mat and stretch and you know but something so i really had to learn that because i can literally sit here for 12 hours and not move and boy when i do get up it hurts <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh the tendons and the muscles everything tightens up and then there's the you know the flip side of that and i've been in this category as well where i'm like you know what i really haven't been exercising um, I'm just going to go to the gym and go hard. And then I hurt myself. And a lot of people do that. You know, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I spent the whole entire year really on the couch. So now I'm going to do this workout. And there's this challenge going around right now. It's called like 75 go hard or something. I don't know. But it's, you drink a gallon of water a day, you work out twice a day, seven days a week for 75 days straight. Um, that's a lot. Uh, people who work out all the time shouldn't even do that. Yeah. It is a phenomenal way to lose weight. Um, it's also a really fantastic way to injure yourself and throw yourself into adrenal fatigue to where you are exhausted and can't get out of bed. And so a lot of people will do these extreme challenges or exercise things and they, if they don't injure themselves, a lot of people get adrenal fatigue. And that's that feeling where you're like, I worked out solid for two weeks, three weeks, a month. And then I just hit a wall and I couldn't get out of bed and I had no energy. This just isn't for me. Yeah. Well, no, moving and being up and like doing life, that's, it's for everybody. Uh, we just have to do it slowly sometimes if our bodies are not used to working out. And I work out four or five days a week. And somebody asked me if I wanted to do this challenge. And I was like, no, never in a million years. Um, because I will go into adrenal fatigue. I can't. It's not worth it to me. So everything in moderation, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that includes ice cream. Well, <laughs> I, I look forward to getting the link to get my frothy milk um, machine and I uh, keep drinking the um, coffee. I don't drink a lot of it, but boy, that morning coffee is just like. Mm. So I can't wait for you to use this thing. And you're going to be like, where is this thing my whole life? I'm now married to a second man and it's called my milk doctor because this thing is awesome. 
I'm I'm excited about it, and I've um I've so enjoyed talking with you, Christina. Thank you for giving me your time. I I wish we could keep going, but um, I I can't stop the show. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, no. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to, especially after reading the first book, The Lemonade Stand, um, and just the incredible stories. From the women in that book I mean heart-wrenching some of them I was just sobbing and then you get to the end and it's this magical finish and some of them aren't even like this total oh here's the light at the end of the rainbow it's just here's where I'm at right now and I'm still continuing to improve and do life and like so encouraging so I am so unbelievably excited for the second book to come out and I've only read two stories in it so far and just beyond inspiring. So thank you for taking the time. I know it is so much work for you and the other ladies behind the scenes um, to put together and to edit and process everything. But thank you for taking the time to do it and just giving people a platform to share their stories because really everybody has one. Um, and to read through them, you're like, wow, really everybody has a story. You hear that? Thank you. That just, yeah, that just really touches my heart because it's exactly why I do what I do, is to um, to reach out to give people the opportunity to heal and to grow and to share, and um, you know, for me, I get to make this wonderful, great new friend. You know, every time. You know, I put a book out. Um, every time I share, help somebody share their story, then I become so bonded to that individual, and that that's such a gift to me. So, um, so I appreciate that. Um, but thank you for your words. I, I really do appreciate that, and for your time and your gifts. And um, yeah, Lemonade Stand Book Two coming out in February. I never put a date because Amazon might just <laughs> cut me down at the knees and say it's not coming out on that date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Be looking, be looking for, um, you know, announcements and all that. Um, but again, I thank you. And uh, I thank uh, our audience, uh, for everybody who's listening in, I appreciate you spending time with us. And if, um, if you want to contact Christina, um, how can somebody get in touch with you? Yes, so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, my personal page is Christina Lombardo. And my business page, um, either on Facebook or Instagram, is Christina Nutrition and Wellness. And you can send me an email uh, to get in touch with me or ask me any questions. I also have a private group in on Facebook, where I really delve into more of what I do one-on-one um, -on -one with clients in regards to, um, you know, whole health, looking at the four pillars of health that I deal with, and then delving into some of the areas that I really help clients with, um, with like histamine intolerance and hypothyroidism. Um, and yeah, so you can find me in those places and I look forward to talking to you guys. All right, very good, thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in. And um, we will continue with um, some more great authors coming up uh, on some future.
future podcasts and we'll keep this going and um, look forward to the book coming out. So thank you. And I hope everyone has where whatever part of the world you're in and whatever time of the day it is, you know, just make it a good day. Uh, we'll see you soon. Let's, let's love life. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat.